0: I started writing Food for the Archons as a book of despair after watching my father die in 2013. During his transition, I experienced a series of paranormal and psychic events that left me feeling that I had either gone completely crazy or fell into humanity's darkest secret. I spent the next five years conducting extensive research, and I quickly learned that what I had experienced was real. My journey brought me to an understanding that showed me that despite the terrifying reality of an unseen predator, we as humans have a forgotten power. Just knowing this brings us tremendous hope in what once seemed a dark reality. I wrote this book for me in hopes of gaining a better understanding of our reality and relationship to it, but my hope is that you will find as much value in reading it as I did in writing it. I am human, food for the Archons. Humanity's psychic connections, simulated realities, parallel worlds, and the manipulation of mankind. It's available on Amazon.com and at SixthSenseMedia.net and wherever books are sold. I'm Dennis Nappy II, reminding you to let your intuition be your guide. Thank you. Let me tell you why you're here. You're here because you know something. What you know you can't explain. You feel it. You felt it your entire life. There's something wrong with the world. You don't know what it is, but it's there. Welcome to the Age of Aquarius. It appears that that age is upon us as of the recent December 21st winter solstice, where we had a grand conjunction of the planet's Jupiter and Saturn, the gaseous outer giants, from as seen from our planet Earth here. What is the significance of that? People are saying we're moving into a new age, into the age of Aquarius, and with that comes great change. But prior to that change, we must have the destruction of the old to make room for the birth of the new. What does that mean for us? Well, honestly, friends, there's a huge learning curve here for me on this one. But I'm going to attempt to tackle what I've pieced together on this one. But by all means, please be kind with your critiques as we go through this, because I am not an expert, but I think it is important to share this information so you can do some of your own digging. Um, Today is December 26th. 2020, just celebrated the Christmas holiday with my family yesterday, very different in a COVID-driven world as it stands. I know many of us were feeling those challenges and frustrations. I want to take a side note and just comment on this virus, COVID-19. About a week ago, actually exactly a week ago, my wife had a fever and she took a quick downturn with just extreme fatigue and body aches, and the test came back positive for COVID-19. So needless to say, our holiday was a little bit different than many of the holidays that other people have spent, but then again, not so different because so many of us are dealing with this right now. Um, She's on the mend. She's feeling better now, but up until about today, so it's been about six, seven days now. Um... The fatigue was just so bad. And I'm I'm sharing this with all of you out there because I know we have many different theories about things and I can go down those rabbit holes. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a scientist. um, But right now I did see what it did to my wife. And this virus is no joke. Um, I can see how it's overtaking people who are in those at-risk categories, the elderly or people with Pre-existing conditions or compromised immune systems, because it just completely broke her down to the point where she, you know, moving was exhausting. She was getting short of breath. I mean, it's it's a rough, it's a rough virus. Now I don't know how myself and my children avoided getting it. I tested, and I don't have the, you know, the virus. But a few things I wonder. Maybe we were just in the asymptomatic category. Last week, I was feeling extremely fatigued, not what she had. I just chalked it up to uh, I felt overworked again. But uh, who knows? Um, Maybe it's because I've been taking a concoction of vitamin C, chaga mushroom, and what I call hot medicine, and that helped kind of protect me and keep me safe. Maybe it's something completely different. Maybe this virus is targeting specific things in our genome and our DNA that we haven't uncovered or fully understand yet. I have a lot of Weird theories that are really not based in science, more in spirituality, Um, but I'm not going to share them here. We've talked about some of this stuff before on the show, but at the end of the day, take precautions to protect yourself from this. Now, does that mean we need to shut down everything on the planet? No, I think there's ways we can survive this moving forward, but you don't want to get it, in my opinion. It's not something that we want to get. It was rough. Okay, but now let's move on. Uh, I, I want to, well, first I want to wish you all a happy and hopefully healthy holiday season as we're moving into the new year. 2020 has been a year of of challenges. It's been a year of, for me, realizations. It's been a year of destruction and healing and rebirth as well. Um, I came into a lot of new information in 2020 and an understanding of some of that information as I've shared here on the show specific to the power structure in this world and how it impacts our society and drives the change things I've been talking about with crypto viewing things I've been learning from the crypto viewing team that I pass that I can pass on with all of you that was brought to reality for me back in March this year when I got sent home from work Due to the coronavirus, and we started seeing the first round of shutdowns, that brought this into just a, such a new flavor of reality for me. Um, and then from that point, I, I spiraled downhill. I, I'd climb up, and then I'd fall back down. You know, And I, and I recognized this uh, as we're talking about moving into the Great Reset, followed by the Great Rebuild. We're moving into this new age of Aquarius. I'm looking and I'm sharing some personal things with all of you out there. I I don't know, maybe because this is my therapy and I hope that it helps you to process your journey as well. But sometimes we need to see the destruction of the old, which is very painful. And I don't think I'm fully through that destruction piece yet. I don't think any of us are, but um, my, my world seem to fall apart in a lot of different ways. Um, you know, my, my dog, I had to put Mr. Buddy Boo down. I talked to you guys about that. Um, and that was in the spring and Buddy brings me back to an era. I got Buddy in 2004 and what's interesting, you know, this new age started 2000, you know, so that's a, it's a 20 year cycle and putting Buddy down marked uh, the end of a journey in my life that dealt with who I was when I got out of the military. And he was a very strong symbol for that time in my life. Um, putting him down, losing him, is was incredibly hard. He was my spirit animal. You know, he was my best friend. So I had to close that chapter of my life as Buddy passed on to his next level of this journey and at the same time, um, my home, we put it up for sale. We sold it and we moved. And that was a dis- just a terribly destructive process. And through that process, other things connected to my past were coming up that I was forced to face in ways that I had been avoiding for a very long time. And the weird thing is some of those things that I confronted that I thought were buried, um, the darkness is gone that was affiliated with them that I thought would never be gone. So I received some healing from that. And now I'm in a new location as we're moving into this new journey, this new era, as I'm charting my course, I guess, for the next 20 years as as we just moved into this new, I don't know even what it's called, this new age. This new age is going to last longer than 20 years. I think these are 2,000 year cycles now talking about the age of Aquarius. But this cycle that we're in is a 20-year cycle, the next time that Saturn and Jupiter will be in alignment. So I'm looking forward to moving into this rebuilding portion. I don't know when that's going to begin. I guess it's already started. I'm rebuilding things um, as the teardown process, I think. I don't know that there's much more to be torn down, honestly. Um, But I share this podcast, this topic tonight, not as one of despair, not as one of, woe is me, this is so hard, but is one that I walk away from this with some hope. And I hope that you can take something positive from this as well. We're going through something really hard right now. You know, there was a, a, a dance song, a techno song I used to listen to. Uh, coincidentally, when I was in the army towards that peak point of my career around the time, you know, um, that I was just talking about a moment ago, back 2003. And the song said, after the rain comes the sun. And I think that's what we're moving towards. We're in the storm. We're weathering the storm right now. And I don't pretend to know when that storm will end. Uh, I think we still have some time in this storm. But the sun will come out again. And new birth will happen and regrowth. And we will be different. We'll be stronger. We'll be wiser. And we will be in a different stage of our existence and our journey. And what that screams to me is potential. And in some of the preliminary research I've been doing on this change, it sounds like it can be pretty fantastic. Now, I know, I want to say, I guess my big focus has been on the destruction that's the information I've been looking at. That's what I've been focused on. That's what I've been afraid of. I think you know. I always say control your fear, but I think I've had a lot of fear around that destruction because we know it's going to be hard uh, and and scary and dangerous at times. And I remember before I joined the army, I would lie in my bed at night and I'd be confident. I'm going into this. I'm going to change. I'm going to become a soldier. I had all these confident thoughts, and then I'd have those moments of the unknown, of the things that I was afraid of and feel total panic and despair and emotions that I just was having a tough time facing. But that day came and I went and I endured. I came out different and stronger and wiser on the other side. And that's where we are right now, friends. We are enduring this hardship And this conjunction marks the beginning of something new. Now, on December 21st, 2020, just a few days ago, marked the winter solstice. Now, typically what that means is the days begin getting longer after that. It's the return to the light. The darkness has ended. Now, on that day was also, coincidentally, This great conjunction between Saturn and Jupiter, which means a conjunction is when the two planets, two or more planets, are in alignment from our position here on Earth. So Saturn and Jupiter were right in front of each other as we see it here on Earth. Now, that has tremendous spiritual significance. I'm going to share an article that explains it a lot better than me. But when you're picturing... The little bit I understand about astrology is, is the, the world, the universe, as we see it from our perspective, is a giant clock. Now, I studied this years ago when I was looking at the Mayan calendar, and 2020 was the big date. I'm sorry, 2012 was the big date. I wonder if they got the date wrong, and it's actually 2020. They, meaning us this society, not the Maya. Maybe 2020 was the date that they were supposed to acknowledge for us because this seems to be the transition to this new era. So so we have this return to the light. We have this birth into the new era. But something that's exciting about this is that it's it's not just a 20-year cycle. It's also a part of a much larger cycle. I'm going to share... Uh, an article that I found from thecut.com. It's titled, The Great Conjunction is Upon Us. And it brought some clarity to me because I'm still not 100% sure here um, as I'm learning what this process means. It says, a rare celestial occurrence is upon us. Jupiter and Saturn will come together in a great conjunction, the nearest they've been in nearly 800 years. Their closest moment will occur... It says this afternoon, this was December 21st, at 1.21 p.m. Eastern Time. What does it mean? How should we gird ourselves with this blessed occurrence in Dallas with superpowers, as people have been saying on Twitter? And we have heard a lot—I'm going to step out for a minute—we have heard a lot of New Age talk. We're moving into the new world. We're moving into the new Earth. The frequencies are changing how much of that is true? You know, this is kind of ascension talk here. And how much of that is just fluff? I think there's a combination. I think we can meet somewhere in the middle, honestly. Okay. So let's look here. It says Jupiter and Saturn are outer planets, meaning they move much more slowly across the clock face of the sky. As such, they're believed to have influence on a grander scale. Again, there's that clock analogy as we are here in the universe, in, on the planet Earth, looking at the universe around us. We look at the signs of the zodiac that surround us. And the the Earth, I guess, ticks through like a clock. And there's meanings, which I don't know all of them right now, but there's meanings and energies associated with each of the 12 houses that we're in that give us an idea or a perspective of what each approximate 2,000-year cycle on this planet will contain, what kind of uh, triumphs and failures we'll be moving into. Aquarius sounds pretty good from what I've read so far. So on a society, that, this this grander scale, because these are the bigger planets, I'm going back here, it says on a socia- it's, uh, focuses on society as a whole, Rather than on on individuals, and I think that's significant when we look at on society as a whole, because right now, the, the I guess as we know it, I'm an American citizen. I'm free. I'm independent. Now, the thing that has been scaring me so much as we look at this change is the AI takeover, the connection we have to technology that connects everyone and everything to everyone and everything. And I did a conversation on the show talking about the hive mind, but now what's triggering this here is the focus here, this article says, is on society as a whole rather than on individuals. And I wonder if us connecting through tech Is a part of that focus on society over the individual. Continuing on, it says on the article says on top of that, the conjunction is taking place on the winter solstice. One is one of the most spiritually significant days of the year. It's the longest night, meaning it marks the point at which days will finally start growing longer. Time associated with rebirth in all forms. People quote people are saying that this is the same alignment that happened when Jesus was born. Okay, Uh, I can't prove that, but it is a curious thing. Now, what they keep going on to say here, now this is interesting, I've been hoping for a second coming of Christ to polish off the end of the year, but living in the 21st century, I speculate this can look like an alien invasion, says Berlin-based astrologer Radon Rosenbaum. It's always been an omen in astrology. I want to shift gears to a different article here. Now, Go back and listen to the show I put out two weeks ago talking about ETs and UFOs and how much closer we're getting to disclosure. I'm at unknowncountry.com right now, and here's the heading from December 24th, 2020. Astronomers detect a radio transmission from Proxima Centauri, the first serious candidate since the WOW signal. Now, if you're not familiar with the WOW signal, this was through, well, they're going to go through it in the article here, but the WOW signal was the first signal they thought was a, was a communication from an extraterrestrial intelligence. I'm going to read the article here. Astronomers with the Breakthrough Listen Project have intercepted a mysterious radio signal that appears to have originated from our solar system's closest neighbor, Proxima Centauri. According to the astronomers studying the strange transmission, it is the first serious candidate since the wow signal, hypothesized artificial radio signal caught by Big Ear Radio Telescope in 1977. By artificial, they mean not one of the sounds they hear coming from planets and other celestial bodies out there in space and the universe. Artificial meaning an intelligence intelligently, intentionally sent or transmitted that signal. Alright, this strange new signal de- designated BLC-1 was picked up over a 30-hour observational period conducted in April and May of 2019 by the Parks Telescope in Australia by members of the Breakthrough Listen Project, a SETI project founded in 2015 by the late physicist Stephen Hawking. The researchers involved have been studying the signal to eliminate the possibility that it originated from a local source, such as an artificial satellite in orbit or EM interference from ground-based equipment here on Earth. The frequency of the odd signal was 980 MHz, part of the ultra-high frequency band that is used in human-made radio technology, such as television broadcasts and other 2G and 3G cellular networks. However, that frequency is not used by human-built spacecraft, ruling out the possibility that it was transmitted by an ordinary satellite passing overhead but it's the direction that BLC1 came from that really caught the attention of the astronomers studying the event. It appears to have come from the direction of Proxima Centauri, a red dwarf star that, at a distance of only 4.25 light-years, is our solar system's closest neighbor. The researchers also found that the signal exhibits a slight frequency shift that would occur if it originated from a planet orbiting the not-so-distant star, like the exoplanet Proxima Centauri b. Okay, so there's a lot more to this, talking about whether this is in the Goldilocks zone, whether there could be life on that planet or not. I encourage you to read it. I have it linked in the show notes at SixSenseMedia.net. But back to this article here talking about the Great Conjunction, I thought that was curious. Now, we've been seeing so much ET talk and this gradual buildup of disclosure over, I'd say, the last... 10, 15 years, I mean, even more so. Let's go back to the 80s. Let's go back to 1945 with Roswell. It's been gradual since then, but now it's in full-fledged. Uh, you know, I'd think the information's coming out now. Why? Because that is the destruction of the old. We are seeing a breakdown of a lot of our, a lot of our understandings and values and belief systems and our trusted institutions of authority. That's the word, the phrase I'm looking for. Religion possibly being one of them. Now, E.T., some say that if extraterrestrials were to acknowledge their presence here on Earth, that would greatly jeopardize religion. It would change religion. It would change our belief systems. Even though the Catholic Church has kind of been setting itself up for this, saying, you know, belief in aliens does not negate belief in God or something along those lines. All right. So, here we go. Let's go back to this article here. Jupiter is said to be the planet of optimism, expansion, healing, growth, and miracles— Saturn, conversely, is associated with restriction, responsibility, and long-term lessons. When these energies combine, we can expect a major ideological reset. As Charles Harvey puts it in Mundane Astrology, this conjunction can usher in a new way of conceptualizing the interaction between, quote, the perceptions of ideas, potentialities, possibilities, Jupiter, and the manifestation of the concrete material world. Saturn. The Great Conjunction sets the tone for the ethos of the next 20 years, affecting the arts, music, theater, literature, entertainment, designer fashion, food, music, mathematics, science, politics, and the government agenda. Famed astrologer Susan Miller writes on her blog In other words, everything. We're looking at a change in everything. It's taking place in Aquarius, and Aquarius is the sign of innovation, humanitarianism, and independence where the planets have not met since 1405. This is important right around the start of the Renaissance. That would be notable on its own, but to top that, Aquarius is an air sign, which is known to be the intellectual, communicative, and idealistic. For the past two centuries, the Jupiter-Saturn conjunctions have mostly taken place in Earth signs, which are practical and grounded by nature. Now, going forward for the next 200 years or so, they will only meet in air signs. Miller refers to this change as a grand mutation from stable earth energy to inventive air energy. Again, in looking at that, in looking at these changes, in looking at where the world's going, let's look beyond the Great Reset. The Great Reset is going to be hard. We need to own that. It's going to be hard. And we need to prepare accordingly because we're not through it. We're still in it. I don't even think we're in the middle of it yet. I think it's going to get harder before it gets easier. But beyond that reset, sounds like life might be pretty good. Uh, I'm still struggling with that because I've been so focused on the negative destructive aspect of this. But I I think what I'm starting to understand is my focus, maybe our collective focus, needs to shift beyond the hardship of the reset into what they call the rebuild. What are we going to make with this energy? What are we going to create? What are we going to be a part of? Well, there's already forces in play that are manipulating that very reality. And I again, I think a lot of it sounds great. What makes me uncomfortable is the fact that I also suspect there's some manipulation. There's an element of control there that I can't impact, at least from my current belief system and understanding. That could change. But I think that's what's frustrating and scary for me. So let's look at this. The article goes on asking what we can expect. Lisa Stardust, a New York City-based astrologer, says we can expect radical change, growth, and renewed sense of hope. Both Rosenbaum and Stardust noted that the rollout of the COVID vaccine coincides with the upcoming conjunction. As Rosenbaum put it, Jupiter is growth, Saturn is restriction, and Aquarius is invention. We're literally making inventions to stop the growth of a virus. She also thinks, here we go, the Bitcoin boom is a result of the transit, which apparently some financial astrology blogs have been long, long been anticipating. It seems highly likely that the expansion of Bitcoin, the blockchain, and other cryptocurrencies will be a result of the Great Conjunction, reads one. Okay. So it seems highly likely that Bitcoin will continue to boom along with the cryptocurrencies. <clears throat> All right, let's talk a little bit more about the element of air back to the article. It's associated with the mind and communication, says Rosenbaum. Aquarius is all about social structures and can be either super rebellious or conservative. Now, haven't we seen both as the things seem to be falling apart, the social structures, the re-identification of social norms, the goal of building more balance, more equality among races, among genders, among belief systems? It's possible. I'm, I'm back to the article again. It's possible that we'll see heightened restrictions around how we gather and communicate. Hmm. Interesting. With COVID being used to usher that in, writing on Rush astrologer Clarice Mohanan uh, Monahan, I'm sorry says we should look for new laws to control what is allowed to be said or published online, and new authorities to police online content. Aquarius is the sign of the internet. But Aquarius is also the sign of friendship, meaning that we may see people coming together in the face of restriction and fighting for a more just world. Politically, we're able to overlook things things that typically divide us, I think, in order to create either new laws or rewrite old ones with a better vision of the future. Rosenbaum said, that's definitely coming in 2021 too. Per Stardust, we have to do the work. We're willing to really dedicate ourselves to helping others, to giving ourselves to a greater cause, she says, then we can definitely survive this time. This time is survivable. Now, this reminds me of the movie, The Hunger Games. I believe it was the second one when they had the quarter quell. And the new Hunger Games that they were engaged in, if you recall, spoiler alert here, was a giant clock. And I felt intuitively, and I know a lot of you out there, you watch movies for the intuitive messages that you get from the movies. I'm one of them. Or the insights, the Easter eggs that people are dropping. And I think this was a huge one. It was a giant clock that controlled the world that they were in. This tiny little arena that they were fighting in. And every time the clock moved, a new hardship was brought upon them but with that hardship came new strategies new adaptations for them to survive within that until they eventually found a way to hack the system because they understood how that system worked that's all I'm going to say about that right now okay so as i said before looking at astrology we're in one giant clock this is my frustration this is my point of growth there are things i simply can't control i said this time and time again, I still haven't learned my lesson, apparently, because I still get frustrated at things that I can't control, or I still try to control things that I can't control because I look at the big scary thing and I say, we have to fight this, or oh, this is so bad, and I think what I need to learn moving forward is just to be present in the moment and make the best of it. I have control over my decision space. Things are going to happen. Bad things are going to happen. They're going to impact my life. I can look at that and see it as I'm the victim. Or I can look at that and say, here's a new opportunity. An opportunity for growth, an opportunity for business, an opportunity for connecting. Who knows? And it's hard to do sometimes because sometimes that hardship hits us so hard. It really does. But I do think there's a lot of opportunity out there and we can take advantage of these changes instead of just being victims of it, because that might be a consequence that could prove fatal. So my hope is to grow from all of this. Uh, I want to shift gears for a minute. Not for a minute. I want to shift gears now and go to the World Economic Forum's website, weforum.org. Now, I've shared this before, but we just talked about moving into a new... Era or a new age, the age of Aquarius. Now, in talking about the Great Reset, we all suspect, some of us know, that there are people, there are forces that control this world. They are certainly aware of these energies and the significance of this giant clock that seems to be ruling our lives. And I suspect they are manipulating us in thought and action to coincide with those energies to manifest things in a way in which the people who or the entities that rule this planet wish to see things become. Sounds a lot like archons as well, if, if I could be so bold as to make that comparison. But Let's look at the Great Reset, as told by the World Economic Forum. I'm just going to read from their webpage here, talking about the Great Reset. They say, There is an urgent need for global stakeholders to cooperate in simultaneously managing the direct consequences of the COVID-19 crisis. To improve the state of the world, the World Economic Forum is starting the Great Reset initiative. Okay, when you hear this, when you hear that we just had this grand conjunction, that we're moving into the new, this new age, Do you really think that COVID-19 was an accident, was an act of randomness, or do you think maybe there was something intelligent behind it? Now, that intelligence may not have been human, may not have been alien. It may have been the intelligence of the universe, of our system. may have been the manifestation of the consciousness of the world or the aeon in which we exist. I don't know, but I don't think it was just some random act that ushered all of this in. Maybe I lean a little bit towards uh, predestiny or fate. I still struggle with that, too. All right, looking down a little bit further on the website, the context. COVID-19 crisis and the political, economic, and social disruptions it has caused is fundamentally changing the traditional context for decision-making. The inconsistencies, inadequacies, and contradictions of multiple systems, from health and financial to energy and education, are more exposed than ever amidst a global context of concern for lives, livelihoods, and the planet. Leaders find themselves at historic crossroads, managing short-term pressures against medium and long-term uncertainties. So that's the condition that we're in. What's happening? We are having exposed all the ugliness, all the failures, all the wrongdoings, all the things that... We are realizing we could be doing better but aren't because it's causing us hardship. And that's how we're seeing the breakdown of things. Look at our political structure. Look at this last election. It was worse than the election before this one. It was a complete disaster. Why? Things are changing. Politically, the world is going to look very different. Now, we can sit here again and play victim to that. Or as the World Economic Forum states, the opportunity As we enter a unique window of opportunity to shape the recovery, this initiative will offer insights to help inform all those determining the future status of global global relations, the direction of national economies, the priorities of societies, the nature of business models, and the management of a global commons. Now let me read that part again, the beginning part of that. This initiative will offer insights to help inform, here's the part, all those determining the future state. Okay? All those determining. Who determines the future state of global relations, the direction of national economies, the priorities of societies, the nature of business models, and the management of a global commons? There are people who drive change, trends, economies, religions, belief systems. Wars, anything, they drive it on a global and maybe even a bigger scale. We talked about a galactic federation before, didn't we, last last show? All right, here we go. Drawing from the vision and vast expertise of the leaders engaged across the forum's communities, the Great Reset Initiative has a set of dimensions to build a new social contract that honors the dignity of every human being. And again, I... Think at least what this is telling us, maybe that's where we're really going. It's hard for me to believe, it's hard for me to trust that the institutions that have run this planet have done so in what we've seen in our recent history on things like slavery and capitalism with the wealth being in control of a very small amount of people while billions of others suffer in poverty. Are we really moving towards an age of equality? Well, if you look at the cryptocurrency agenda, you look at the UN resolutions, the goal of banking the unbanked, the next 3 billion customers, and the tech that's coming online that will provide access to information to more people on this planet with a goal, the goal of connecting everyone to the grid, possibly to... The cloud, the AI, the hive mind, maybe that's the silver lining there. Maybe that's what we're missing. But to bring more people their own equity, their own wealth, their own investment in this system, maybe it's a trap, maybe it's the Borg, I can't help. But to have that thought in my mind, but if everyone is happier, is it a bad thing? I don't have an answer for that right now. I know it makes me uncomfortable, but that's something that I'm trying to work on to figure out. And maybe that's one of those things I just simply can't control. Okay. So a little bit more from the World Economic Forum for another one of their articles. I'll have them both linked uh, in the show notes at sixcentsmedia.net. All right. So here we go. They say the Great Reset agenda would have three main components. The first would steer the market towards fairer outcomes. To this end, governments should improve coordination, for example, in tax, regulatory, and fiscal policy upgrade trade arrangements, and create the conditions for a stakeholder economy. At a time of diminishing tax bases and a soaring public debt, governments have a powerful incentive to push the action. All right, the next one. The second component of a Great Reset agenda would ensure that investments advanced shared goals, such as, again, here are those words, equality and sustainability. Here, the large-scale spending programs that many governments are implementing represent a major opportunity for progress. The European Commission, for one, has unveiled plans for a 750 billion euro or $826 billion recovery fund. The U.S., China, and Japan have also have ambitious economic stimulus plans. Yeah, we're getting 600 bucks. Rather, there we go. All right, here we go. And the third priority, I'm skipping around here. The third priority of a Great Reset agenda is to harness the innovations of the Fourth Industrial Revolution to support the public good, especially by addressing health and social challenges. During the COVID-19 crisis, companies, universities, and others have joined forces to develop diagnostics, therapeutics, and possible vaccines, establish testing centers, create mechanisms for tracing infections, and deliver telemedicine. Imagine what could be possible if a similar concerted effort was made in every sector. And that's what we're going to see. I mean, working in education, things are going to change after this. There's no way they can't change. And education is what shapes our future. So, I mean, it's a ripple effect everywhere. The change is upon us. And it really makes you think about who or what may be in control of, of this existence, of this society, of this world, of this planet, and how much influence they have on our lives. If you look at us as cattle, or as the workforce, or even as slaves, you know, and so many say we're the, we're the prison guards to our own prison, but someone is directing this show that we seem to be following along. We either fail or we rise above. We rise to the challenge when we're presented with a crisis. Now, I wonder if these crises, this crisis, and the ones that we're seeing, the ones we're about to go through over the next few years during this great reset process, I wonder how many of them are engineered or specifically designed for a purpose. Yes, we're going to lose some along this journey, But maybe there is also a particular goal of growth or skill set we need to develop during this great reset in order to manifest this new world. Now, this is where we get into that giant clock. This is where we get into we can't control the fact that they're going to give us these hardships. But maybe we can control our reaction to it. Maybe we can control how we choose to exist in this reality and make the best of a challenging situation. Again, easier said than done, right? But that comes with the destruction of the old. As we're going through COVID, we're watching all these horrible things, all these frustration points, and we keep saying, I wish there was a better way. I wish it wasn't like this. And things are so bad, more and more people are saying that some of us out there are saying there is a better way, and I'm going to do it. I'm not going to ask permission. I'm not going to wait for someone to say it's okay. I'm not going to wait for someone else to do it. I'm going to do it. And then what's going to happen? Everybody else who says, I wish there was a better way, but I'm going to be a victim of the hard way, is one day going to look at the other people who are becoming the pioneers into the new age, who are moving into the Great Rebuild, and they will follow. So this Hardship is created, and some of us will rise above, some of us will follow, and some of us, some of us won't make it. We need to make a choice right now. Which group will we be in? Because the world is changing quickly, friends. Okay, so what can we expect to see uh, based on just looking at stuff like this? You know, I think it's curious that they mentioned... Uh, the acknowledgement of ETs and UFOs. I think I think we will see. We're already seeing a change in our belief systems here. We're looking at changes in governments and possibly, you know, in political, just political workings, political boundaries. We know that the economy is going through a great shift right now, and I think we're going to see everything in between that's going to change. Uh, and with that, our, our data. How does that affect our day-to-day lives? Well, again, as technology continues to evolve. As of right now, I think tech will is being built to serve us, but tech may also be built to control and contain us. It's a fine line, as, as I've looked at several times. But I also, you know, I looked at a, another video out there in the world of YouTube University. I took some notes on it, and the video was titled here. Let me hang on a second. It's called December 21st, 2020, The Great Conjunction and Energy Shift, Rare Planetary Alignment, Jupiter and Saturn from your universe, Y-O-U-N-I-V-E-R-S-E. I'll have the links to this video in the show notes as well. Some things that jumped out at me, it's an 11-minute video, uh, they refer to the new Earth, which will have higher frequencies that give us upgrades to our DNA to connect with Spiritual—the spiritual essence of who we are. Now, some of this sounds really new agey, but Dolores Cannon was quoted on here. They played a clip from Dolores Cannon, and she said, "Your DNA is being changed." Uh, She said, "Children being born with new d are being born with new DNA, but the rest of us have to catch up." Now, in that particular clip, she didn't go into more detail, but she did say that the the detail—the DNA—is being changed. Gradually, because we can't change it immediately. So it's a gradual progression. Now, I don't know if my DNA has changed. I don't know if this is just new age babble, but I feel that DNA is some kind of code, maybe computer code. And you look at at the things I've talked about before, where maybe we're living in the matrix or a simulation, which I, I tend to lean towards. Our DNA is the interface. There is a programmer behind the scenes somewhere some may call that God, I may call him a middleman at this point, or programmers, or and hackers. So I, I like the analogy of computer systems. And I, I wonder if we're simply just getting an upgrade or a change. And I think that's honestly what happens is that we are already some form of cyborg. We're just we've just forgotten about the tech. And I look at the electromagnetic spectrum and the connection it has to the heart, to the mind, and to psychic phenomenon. And I suspect that that's the equivalent of a Wi-Fi system, as I talk about extensively in my book. So I wonder if what's happening right now is just the engineering or the re-engineering or the upgrades or modifications to our species. And I think we're being fundamentally changed in a major way as we're moving into this new age or we're in this new age. We've had little tweaks here and there throughout time through these other smaller cycles, but I think we're going through a major significant planned upgrade right now. And looking back at this YouTube video, what the woman says here is, in order to ascend, we have to change our view of the world. Now, when you think about this, and, and the things that I've talked about on the show and the things I've wrote about in the book, if we do have the ability to manifest things, well, our perspective, our perception is important because... Belief and intention come into play significantly when we're trying to do the work of of manifestation and creating our futures. And right now, we believe that the world is falling apart and things are getting worse, and it is. But with the plans that they have, I think, I suspect, collectively, we're going to be shown more and more of the positive potentials of this future. And those of us that are fighting that change, I think, will continue to put out the scary bad stuff but that may be a dangerous thing as well. I think if we can focus on the positive, maybe we can help manifest the positive. Side note, my frustration point is, I don't know that that thought's coming from me. I wonder how much of that is manipulation to further the program that's being run right now. I know it sounds crazy, Dennis, right? Okay, so. <clears throat> a gentleman by the name of Stephen Strong, and I got this again from this video on YouTube. He wrote, On December 21st at 9.02 p.m., an original ceremony will begin at Uluru that could recharge the planet and revitalize the spiritual heart of the planet. That's from Stephen Strong of ForgottenOrigin.com. So that's on the day of the solstice. It's on the day of this great conjunction. He's saying that a ceremony, a secret ceremony was done at this point was done in the past that could have brought us into that positive direction. Now, I remember I did my world events. I think this was for November into December. Maybe it was October into November, but it was one, might have been November into December, and it was a world event of a Native American man. This is my remote viewing prediction. And I remember looking at this data that was coming through about a strong energy Okay, I'm looking at my data now, and this was from October of uh, 2020. And I was predicting for November, and I had uh, I had this Native American man dancing, and I wrote down global unity, Native American, tribal dance, a celebration, hopeful but serious and important. He had a rhythmic pattern, encircling, star patterns, rhythmic dance, directional, uh, convergence. I wonder if convergence means conjunction. And I had a a flowing channel, moving, shiny, reflective. I I did have what I was considering a hit. And again, I'm a rookie, but there was a story that went viral in the news about a Native American man who jumped out of his vehicle during the election process and did a traditional Native American dance. He wasn't dressed in the garb, but he did that dance. And maybe that's what I was seeing. Maybe what I was tapping into was this ceremony here. Because I remember picking up on the, the power and the energy behind this ceremony and being global. So again, we can speculate all day long and, and really it's not enough data to really go on. But I wonder, maybe I, I hit on that. Um, but I think that the, the Native Americans, the, the record keepers, the knowledge keepers, they understand the connection that we have to these energies and the ability we have to flow with those energies and use those and shape those energies. Um, I understand that as I, I wrote Food for the Archons, and I believe that's the reason why I wrote that book. There's scary stuff in there, and that was my focus in the beginning. But what I walked away from after that project was empowering. And I went through I went through the darkness, and sometimes you have to walk through that darkness to come out through the light, through to come out into a new power. I went through the destruction of many of my belief systems, um, and I think that what we can learn is that we have power, and we have a connection to these energies. So we're moving into something new, that something new seems scary, and if that's what we focus on is the scary thing, then it's going to be a horribly scary process. If we focus on the opportunity, if we focus on what could become, then those hardships don't seem as intimidating. That's why it's important right now to understand what's going on and how these systems work. so we can be just enough of a step ahead of it, at least in understanding, so it's not happening to us. So We don't have those 9-11 moments where we're just hit so hard with the fear and the anxiety. We can experience those hardships, but then say, we knew this was coming. We know where this is going. I know what I need to continue doing. I look at some people now who are thriving in this new environment, in the lockdowns. I look at other people whose worlds are falling apart. Is your world falling apart How can you rebuild it? Let it fall apart. Or maybe you need to rebuild it better. If it falls apart, what else can you do now? This is a time of opportunity of great change. I've been saying it like a broken record on this podcast. It's hard. It's going to be hard. It's going to get harder. But that doesn't mean it's not going to get better. We have that opportunity, friends, and we need to take full advantage of it and i hope that you do so i'm going to look back on 2020 as a year of not just hardship but tremendous insight introspection growth and potential i'm also going to look at it personally as a time where i got i got to connect deeply with my children and spend time with them that had it not been for this pandemic i never would have gotten but always have wanted as a father And that's, I can't put a price on that. So despite all those scary hard things, I developed a bond with my children that will stay with me for the rest of my days here. And I'm thankful for that. And that's what I want to remember about 2020 was all the time I spent with my family. Moving into 2021, what are your goals? This is not just your average New Year's resolution. I'm still formulating mine. I've been journaling quite a bit over the last couple of days trying to chart my course. And I suggest you do the same. Think it through. You may not have the answer right now. So maybe your goal is to find the answer. How will you do that? What will you read? What will you learn? What will you experience? What risks will you take? identify how is fear holding you back and how can you face and overcome that fear we've got a lot of work to do friends it's not over yet but we can do it I'm Dennis Nappy II this has been another episode of the Secret Podcast with Sixth Sense Media where small changes among the masses can have a massive impact around the world I encourage you to be that change never stop questioning keep an open mind and let your intuition be your guide thank you In water my